All right, welcome to the station. My name is Mark Byron, and today we're going to be talking about do animals have rights? The reason I want to talk about that is because I get this question a lot on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at the Mark Byron, or just look for my account name, which is Plant Based Politics. And uh, so, because my name is Plant Based Politics, people obviously assume that I am a vegan, which I am not. And uh, I actually learned that uh, the hard way. You see, when I first started eating a whole food plant-based diet, I thought, hey, I'm a vegan. And then I was educated by other vegans. No, you're not, because in order to be a vegan, you also have to subscribe to the ethical worldview of the vegan, which is that you elevate the life of animals to the life of a human that you advocate for animal rights, that you stop using animal products along with no longer eating animal products. So leather belts are out, uh, leather, leather chairs in your car are out, any kind of uh, shampoos or, or cosmetic products that were tested on animals, that's out. So you pretty much can't have anything to do with anything that was produced by animals, including something as basic as honey which comes from bees because vegans believe that that is exploitative slave labor, which is pretty interesting. So I do not subscribe to that radical view of the animal kingdom that humans and animals are equals. They are not. I think that if you were to put a baby next to a goldfish, it would be axiomatically true that the human life has infinitely more value than that of the goldfish axiomatic meaning it is true without requiring evidence now to be intellectually honest I think we do need to address some of the arguments that are being made by vegans and the reason I think they need to be addressed is because our culture is giving more and more credence to the vegan worldview because like like with a lot of things that are actually toxic they are packaged in a pretty attractive box and you don't realize how detrimental they are until you unpack the box and take out the gift and try to incorporate it into your life. And so I think what's at stake here is truth. And I'm not talking about, you know, your truth or my truth because that's what we call an opinion. I'm talking about actual truth, things that are objectively true. And things that are objectively true, like the value of a human life, well, these things need to be maintained. They need to be taught. And they can't be up for grabs ever, especially not to someone as radical as the vegan activists, which were to include even the militarized arm known as the Animal Liberation Front, who are willing to go as far as to kill humans in order to set free puppies and monkeys in animal testing labs. So before we talk about do animals have rights, we first have to identify what a right is and where it comes from. And I think there's probably two main schools of thought on this idea. And that's the left-wing political version and the right-wing political version. Now there's more than that, but we're going to oversimplify for the sake of expedience. So the left-wing political version of the of the uh, the origin of rights is that rights come from government. That an elected body of, of individuals come together and they create legislations and they write laws which then enshrine whatever rights they want you to have, right? If they want you to have the right to, uh, let's say, free speech, then they make a law and now you have free speech. It's not that you were free before to speak, 
No, 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 no. You are now free to speak because we put it in writing, right? So that's the left-wing view that all rights come from government, and that's it. Which means they're really fluid because if society changes, then so do your rights because with different societies come different ideas of what you should be entitled to, right? So then you also have, of course, the right-wing political spectrum, and they have a completely different idea of where rights come from. And we're going to go ahead and talk about that right after the break. Thanks for staying tuned. All right, welcome back. We were just talking about the origin of rights in regards to do animals have rights? And as I explained, the left-wing political spectrum, in American politics at least, they believe that rights come from government, right? That a political body uh, comes together and they legislate rights ex nihilo, meaning out of nothing. So the idea of a right to a left-wing political subscriber would be that your rights don't actually exist. They have to be formulated and then made into law, meaning that rights in their point of view are really dynamic and fluid because as society changes, so do your entitlements, right? Because if uh, today we're a democratic republic, then we might want you to have free speech. But if tomorrow we decide to be tyrannical fascists, then we're going to go ahead and take that right away from you. So you never really truly had the right to begin with because it was just something that was given to you by government. And what government gives to you, well, government can take away from you. Because remember, it's all based on central authority with them. Now, the, cons uh, the conservative side of the uh, political spectrum, the right-wing uh, conservative side, they believe that rights are pre-existent, that they're pre-ordained. And you could take a look at, for example, the Constitution, which says, we hold these truths to be self-evident. And by the way, on that one segment right there, we can, we can have an entire podcast, right? We hold these truths, meaning that it is something that is objectively true, to be self-evident, meaning that it's axiomatic, true without requiring evidence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, meaning inalienable, they cannot be removed, which flies in the face of the left-wing philosophy that rights come from government no, these truths are self-evident. They are axiomatically true that you have all of your natural rights despite government and that government's only job is to protect those rights, to protect those rights and to honor those rights. And I personally subscribe, if you can't hear by the passion in my voice, I subscribe to the conservative side of the political spectrum, at least on that idea. So I believe in natural rights. I am a religious person, but I try to stay away from making the religious argument because, you know, if you're talking to an atheist, good luck trying to reach them in that discussion. And so, yeah, I do appeal to natural law, that the natural state of mankind is freedom. And that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is the most organic way that human beings relate to creation and to one another in society. But just because we have these rights doesn't mean 
that they're any good to us, right? So in order for our rights to have actual currency, in order for our rights to have actual value, we have to have a societal system in which we recognize each other's rights. There has to be reciprocation. I mean, consider, you can say all day long that you have the right to life, but if somebody acts murders you, well, what good was that right? It has absolutely no use to you whatsoever. So the only way that that right actually has any fundamental meaning is through reciprocation. It's a social contract between you and the rest of society. If you don't kill me, then I won't kill you. But if you trespass on this agreement, there will be consequences. See, that is called a social contract. And that's what we have set up in uh, the United States, social contracts. That's how our rights have currency. That's how our rights have weight. We agree to respect each other's natural rights. And that includes the right to life. Now, this is where we run into a problem when it comes to animals. How can an animal have a right? Well, we're going to debunk that idea right after this break. Please stay tuned. All right, thanks for staying tuned. So, do animals have rights? Well, if you're on the left-wing political spectrum, the answer to that is probably yes, because again, you believe in a centralized power that with the stroke of a pen can deem things to be a right. You can just assign privileges to certain protected groups, like an animal, for example. Now, you might want to be really radical about it and say, uh, hey, you know, give that monkey uh, human status so that, that that ape can now go and get a driver's license and have property rights and... Uh, you know, if you take a picture of it, you need to give it royalties and things like that. And that's a pretty, pretty radical position. But listen, believe it or not, there are people out there who believe that. But thankfully, even they are a minority amongst the fringe. Now, the most commonly held belief in vegan society is that you give the animal the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Meaning, it is almost like, you know, the, uh, the, the prime directive in Star Trek, right? That you don't interfere with them whatsoever. That there's no human influence in their life, and you just let them be in their own environment. Meaning that you don't test um, life-saving cancer drugs on animals. Or that you don't, uh, you know, raise cows for beef or dairy. Things like that. Or that you don't fish the ocean in order to feed the population. These things are taboo in their idea because those animals are, uh, you know, have rights. And if, if you're on the left and you think that centralized power determines who does and doesn't have rights, then you probably think that, hey, you can just write a law and, you know, that salmon now has rights. Well, if you're on the right-wing political spectrum, like I am, then you think that rights have to be reciprocated and it's pretty damn difficult to get an animal to reciprocate your rights. See, some animals have the capacity to be domesticated, meaning that we can train them or that they are well suited to living amongst human beings. But, here we go again with this word, it is axiomatic, meaning it is true without requiring evidence that these animals do not just live in human society 
uncontrolled. A pit bull requires an owner, which is why when a pit bull mauls a toddler, we put the owner in jail and not the pit bull. The pit bull gets executed without a trial because it is self-evident that that pit bull never even at any point in its life had the capacity to reciprocate that toddler's right to life. That was its owner's job. So without reciprocation, there are no rights. Because in order for me to recognize your right to life, you have to recognize my right to life. Now to give some credit to the vegans, that doesn't mean, however, that we should be advocating for animal cruelty in how we process our food. Because remember, the vegans will always taunt you with these vicious videos of a cow that's not properly knocked out and it gets put on a meat hook as it's screaming and kicking and writhing and then some jackass takes his dull blade and cuts it across the throat and it, you can hear it gurgling in pain and I mean, these are just some really vicious videos to watch. You know, uh, male chickens being ground up and then being fed back to the other chicken. It's some pretty gruesome stuff. And I think we need to have some standards. But that's because we are capable of empathy, right? But just because we're capable of empathy doesn't mean that the animal has rights. See, there's a difference between prohibiting cruelty and giving rights. One is a prohibition on human behavior, and the other one is a legal status that we recognize the right to life in an animal that is not capable of recognizing the same thing in you. And so I think the answer here is not that animals have rights, but that we as people are called to be empathetic. That we are supposed to be able to treat an animal with dignity. Now, we only resort to animal cruelty or violence, so to speak, when, well, that animal is cruel to you. And I'm telling you right now, if a pit bull ever comes after my kids, I am running that thing over with my truck. Let me know what you think. Love to hear back from you. Thanks for listening. If you took the time to listen to my podcast, I want to thank you personally. This is my very first episode, uh, trying to give this podcast medium a shot. I am in the process of setting up a YouTube studio, so there will be videos to follow as well. I'd love for you to follow me on YouTube. It's going to be Plant Based Politics. That's the channel name. You can also follow me on Twitter. Again, you can look for the uh, the Twitter name, uh, Plant Based Politics, but the actual address symbol or the handle rather is at the Mark Byron, and that's it's Mark with a C and Byron with an I. It's a very non-traditional spelling, I know, but, you know, I didn't get to choose that. So just go ahead and follow me on Twitter. I'd love that. And uh, hit me up with questions on Twitter. Uh, certainly we'll do request podcasts if you have any issues you want to talk about. And really the topic's going to be anything. It doesn't have to be veganism. Uh, you know, I love talking about politics, religion, uh, anything that really kind of gets the mind working. So, again, thanks for listening, and I hope you guys tune in in the future.